Okay, we're going to spend some time in God's Word together. So if you've got a Bible with you, uh, turn to the book of Hebrews uh, in the New Testament. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. So if you find Hebrews chapter 12, I'll read verses 14 and 15. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Now, the whole point of the series that we've been going through uh, in recent weeks is to encourage us to be a people who are growing in the grace of God. We've looked at the grace that saves us. We've looked at the grace that changes us and transforms us and helps us be more like Jesus. And we've looked at how grace helps us as we approach him in prayer. And then today we're looking essentially at a verse which contains a warning. We're going to start just at the beginning of verse 15. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. This is just the flip side of the more positive encouragement uh, to grow in grace. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. You might think, well, if the grace of God is so amazing, how is it even possible to fall back from it? Uh, and yet, there are so many instances in the New Testament where a letter was written to people who were in danger of falling back, who were in danger of drifting. Someone might ask, well, does the grace of God really give us a really secure position then? I thought the grace of God was really secure. But you're now telling me that it's possible to fall back. What are we to make of that? Well, there's nothing lacking uh, in God's grace. Uh, his grace will not change. We're going to sing that again before uh, before this meeting's done. Uh, that's something to be celebrated. It's not God's grace that changes, uh, but it can be our response or our attitude uh, can change or can lack. So let's take hold of the encouragement to grow in the grace of God, and let's heed the warning not to fall uh, not to fall back from it. How do we do that? Well, surprise, surprise, I'm going to give you three, uh, three things and start with the main thing, really. Uh, and then we'll zoom out a little bit as, as we go. Um, first is this, you know, to grow in the grace of God, to avoid falling back, we've got to make sure we've actually believed. We've believed in the grace of God. We have really received it. You know, imagine it's your birthday. You've been given this amazing present. It's richly decorated and wrapped up and, and your, your face melts with excitement to receive it. But then you just set it aside without ever, without ever opening it. Now, we don't take that approach with a gift on our birthday. So let's not take that approach when we receive the grace of God or when we hear about it. It's possible to miss the grace of God by just hearing about it, uh, knowing it, being able to explain it to someone else, being familiar with the word, but to have never really responded by turning towards God and really receiving it and opening it and getting it out and going, wow, how amazing. You know, if we've never turned to God by repenting of our sin and putting our trust in God completely, then we could just be going along for the ride, but never really believing the truth. Uh, scripture gives us a few examples. Uh, let me just give you uh, a couple. We could turn to uh, Deuteronomy and chapter uh, 29. 
and verse, um, verse 18. Make sure there is no man or woman, clan or tribe among you today whose heart turns away from the Lord our God to go and worship the gods of those nations. Make sure there is no root among you that produces such bitter poison. Now that's the verse that really is being referenced here in Hebrews. It's the possibility of this, that you've got a people who have gone on a journey together. Uh, in Back in Moses' day, they'd gone on an amazing journey. God had led them through the Exodus and towards their promised land. Just aware of this possibility, though, that whilst some are in the group, have blended in, have gone on the same journey to an extent, they're kind of looking in a different direction. The whole group is going one way, but their heads turned and they're looking in a different direction. They're looking back to Egypt. They're looking back to other gods. And so here's the encouragement. Make sure no one's kind of turning turning back. It's possible just to go on the journey, but to be looking in a different uh, direction. Uh, we get another example in the New Testament in Jesus' time. Uh, in Matthew chapter 19, there's a, a young man and... He, he clearly wants to please God with his life. He wants to live in such a way that pleases God. And he recognizes there's something special and significant about Jesus. So he goes up and he asks, uh, asks a question in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honour your father and mother and love your neighbour as yourself. All these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Well, that's an interesting question. In what way do I still fall short? Yeah, he's in He's there, but he's in danger of still missing it. And somehow he recognises that himself. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Imagine the scene. Jesus uh, with his disciples and this man makes his approach. Like I say, he wanted to please God. He was interested in Jesus. He'd come to Jesus. He'd asked a great question. You could even imagine that as Jesus stood there and he's arrived, he kind of stood amongst the disciples, those who are following Jesus. He's asking a great question. It's all intents and purposes. It's so easy to think that he's blended in, kind of belongs to the group. And that's the direction that he's going in. But notice that Jesus puts his finger on something. His love of money. He's kind of walking in one direction. He's walking up to Jesus. He's spending time with Jesus. But really, in his heart attitude, he's, he's looking the other way. He's looking to money. He's looking to his wealth. And that's what he's putting his trust in. And he doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want to miss out on that. Now, that interaction could have just been minutes. Maybe it was for a couple of hours or for the day, just for a, a limited period of time. It's possible to look like you're part of the group, uh, asking a great question, spending time with Jesus. But... When it really comes to it, there's that sad moment and someone decides to turn back and go in a different direction. Here is the urgent plea. Don't make that kind of decision. Come to Jesus and stick with him and receive what he's got for you. 
That's the best life that's available, a life fully trusted in Jesus. We can't serve two masters. We can't worship two gods. We can't walk in two different directions. It's not possible. Don't try. I urge you to receive the grace of God and give your life to him uh, completely. Uh, That's part of the message of Hebrews, this, this kind of warning. Don't just go along for the ride for a little while and then turn away. In Hebrews chapter 3 um, and verse 12, we get kind of similar encouragement. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first. You know, does that verse surprise you? I thought grace meant doesn't matter. Once saved, always saved. Well, if you're saved, you're going to keep going. You're going to follow Jesus all the days of your life. If there's a time when you stumble back, you're going to come back to him. But don't decide to wander off. Stay close to Jesus. Because it's possible to have an unbelieving heart or to develop a heart that turns away from him and starts putting trust in something else. You know, it's not about how we start the race that matters. Um, It's how we finish. There's a story, a true story, in fact, of what happened during the 1968 uh, Olympics. Not that I can remember back uh, that far, but maybe some of you can. And there's a guy from Tanzania, a world-class athlete in the marathon. And uh, his name was John Akwari. Uh, But the race was difficult for him, and he finished over one hour after the winner. He finished in last place. He came in 57th um, because the race had been really difficult for him. And And he kind of walks into the stadium, and there's only a few people left there. You know, the sun's going down. And the question might be, well, why did you bother keeping going? And when he crossed the finish line, and later he's asked that question, he said, well, I wasn't sent 5,000 miles to start the race. I was sent 5,000 miles to finish it. Receive the grace of God. Persevere in your faith. Don't turn away to something else and console yourself that once upon a time you started the race. Run in such a way as to win the prize. Run in such a way as to cross the line. You know, when we break bread together uh, in a few moments, we are... We're reminding ourselves of the grace of God. We're reminding ourselves of what God has done for us. Let's not miss that. Uh, Let's not just think of it as a little uh, insignificant religious moment. It's not. It's our time to draw near and to remember all that Jesus has done for us. Do you believe? Have you received the grace of God? Let's be sure of it. Let's get hold of it with both hands. Let's unwrap the present and get it out of the box. Let's not turn away. And let's encourage one another not to turn away. It's not just about taking care of each other by saying, I hope you've got food in the cupboards. Well, yeah, I hope you've got food in the cupboards, but I hope you've got faith in your heart and that that faith is growing. So receive the grace of God, firstly. Also, uh, live out the grace of God. Practice the grace of God. Um, Verse 14 says, Make every effort, that's how it begins, make every effort to live. Live out the grace of God. You might think, well, that sounds like 
That sounds like law. That sounds like legalism. I thought we were released from that. Grace does know something about effort, and we're encouraged here. Make every effort. You know, the verse that um, the verses that Richard took us through the other day from uh, from Titus uh, show us that receiving the grace of God doesn't kind of just lead to kind of a, a lazy attitude um, or a reluctant attitude. It says there in Titus chapter two that Jesus Christ, in verse fourteen, gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. Um, there's something about grace which gives us a desire to please him and therefore energizes us uh, that we're not reluctant. We, we want what he wants and therefore we want to grow in the grace of God. We want to grow, therefore, in, in living in peace and living in holiness uh, as well. You know, when we start our online meetings like this and always turn to Matthew 22 and talk about Loving God and loving neighbour. In a way, we've got a similar version of it here. You're loving God, you're being holy. Uh, loving our neighbour, living in peace uh, with others. You might think, well, that's not always possible uh, to live in peace with, uh, with everyone. And, and scripture would say as well in, in Romans uh, chapter 16 and verse 18, uh, gives further explanation to the instruction uh, by saying by saying there, um, if I can find it myself, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That is how we're outworking the grace of God. That's how we're to, uh, to live it out. We're to live out what we have received so that how we live matches what we've been uh, given. If there's a mismatch, then we'll start to drift. We can start to fall away. We can start to misunderstand the wonderful gift that we've been uh, that we've been given. You know, if we've if we've received the gift, we unwrap it, we get it out, and what demonstrates that we really appreciate what we've been given is we actually use it. We put it to use. We enjoy using it. It's the same with the grace of God. We don't just get it out of a box and then put it on a shelf and forget all about it. We're to put it to work uh, in our lives. You know, if, if as a believer, and there can be times like this, you're struggling to forgive, struggling to forgive another Christian. They have really hurt. They really hurt you. Uh, and we can have those thoughts and attitudes bubbling away in our minds. It so hurt you. It kind of just feels like well, they don't deserve my peace. They don't deserve uh Forgiveness. I can't quite let go of that hurt just yet. And if we keep going down that line, if we allow that attitude uh, to grow up, another kind of bitterness um, emerges and it can end up that actually somehow by treating that person as we might think as they really deserve, we start to undermine our own confidence in the grace of God. Maybe we start to doubt God's grace towards us. Maybe his grace uh, isn't all that shiny after all. Maybe he will treat me as I truly deserve. You know, or in that instance, what we believe is following how we're living out because we're not living out in accordance with the truth. So we've got to live it out. 
uh, and not undermine our own confidence in God's grace. We might think in the race that we're running, the spiritual race that we're involved in, well, there shouldn't be any jostling for position. There shouldn't be any problems because, well, we're not in competition with each other, really. It's about persevering. It's about getting to the, the finishing line. It's about winning the prize in that sense, not kind of trying to elbow someone out of position. Apparently that's what was happening uh, for John Akwari uh, back in 1968 in the marathon in Mexico City. Uh, it was when jostling for position that he stumbled and fell. That's how he fell back. And sadly, that can happen amongst believers. A jostling for position, maybe it's almost as though you were running in a certain lane and literally someone just cut you up. You know, life can feel like that sometimes and we're faced with a real decision. Am I going to forgive? Am I going to make every effort to live at peace with my brothers and sisters? My brothers and sisters or, uh, who are under the same roof. You know, lockdown can bring its own tensions. If you're celebrating the grace of God, you've got to apply it in relationships where you might feel hurt and damaged. You know, put it to work. It strikes me that lockdown could be the perfect scenario for bearing a grudge. If someone's hurt you, they're not under the same roof. You can ignore them for ages. But when we're coming together like this, to break bread, yeah, we're remembering what Jesus has done, but we're also, the Bible says, recognising that we're part of a body. And therefore, what we need to do as we're breaking bread is examine ourselves. Am I living at peace? Am I making every effort to, to be at peace with others? and to be holy before God. And if you can think, actually, there's ways, and I know it's, I haven't been making that effort, then there's time to repent and turn away from that and put grace to work again. Live it out. That's my encouragement. Don't miss uh, the grace of God uh, by not practicing it in your life. And thirdly, uh, let's look forward to the grace of God. Let's anticipate uh, the grace of God. Well, what do I mean? We're zooming out a little bit more in Hebrews chapter 12. This was written to, to believers who were in danger of getting discouraged because life was hard. Uh, they'd experienced suffering uh, and persecution and, and lots of hardship that would have come uh, through that. And therefore, they're tempted to slip back. They're tempted to turn away uh, from Jesus. They could have thought, well, I, I've given my life to Jesus. I thought everything would work out smoothly. And yet we know that the Lord Jesus hasn't promised us an easy ride. He, he's promised us eternal glory. Um, but sometimes life is hard. We experience hardship. And the writer to Hebrews is trying to give us a different way of understanding it. It's not that God's no longer in control. It's not that God is cruel. What God is doing through hardship is actually training his people training us. It's not punishment to destroy us. It's training to build us up and to strengthen us. So we're to look forward. We're to look forward to a harvest. In uh, in, in chapter 12 of, of Hebrews, it says, you know, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. It's painful. It's painful now. A harvest will come later. So look forward. Look ahead. If it's so hard right now, you, we might think to ourselves, how good must it get in the long run? What must God have stored up for us? You see, that's how Jesus won through. That's how Jesus persevered when it was hard for him. And he was facing the cross and the scorn and the shame. How did he persevere on the race that was marked out for him? Well, he considered the joy that was set before him. 
And we know whatever trials and suffering we face in life, we know that there's a glory to come that will far outweigh it. So think about it. If it's so hard right now, how great must the glory be that's coming? How, how big will the harvest be in this life as I cooperate with God and what he's doing, training me to be more righteous, more to share in his holiness? He wants to bless. He wants to strengthen. He does, his desire is not to crush but he loves us and he wants us to be like him. So let's look forward uh, to the grace of God. Let's keep our eyes fixed on him. And as we break bread, there is that sense in which we're looking forward. You know, we're looking forward to that day when Jesus comes back. We're looking forward to that time when all suffering is taken away. We're looking forward to that day uh, when we discover the joy that's set before us. We'll know joy in this life, but we're looking forward to a joy to come. I urge you today, whether you've been a believer for years and years and years, you got a bit discouraged, whether you've been a believer for a few months and uh, you're discovering it's not always easy, or if you're looking at this, you're listening and you just inquire, you're interested, you're a bit like that man who came to Jesus with, a, with his question and is then pondering, how, how are you going to respond? I urge you, don't miss the grace of God.